episode eight of consensus on reality uh today we have the pleasure of having uh joshua kutchen on he is the author of several really interesting specific books uh on ufos abductions and fairy lore uh the brimstone deceit a trojan feast and others and most recently he is um the co-author of a great new book on the Bigfoot Phenomenon, Where the Footprints End, with Timothy Renner. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, Bigfoot thing, and then we'll move on into talking about uh, UFOs and the UFO culture. As one does, of course. Cool. So, yeah, how are you doing? Are you doing well today, <laughs> Josh? Yeah, 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 yeah I'm, I'm doing well. It's been a yeah. It's been a very 2020 season of life you know yeah um, oh yeah <laughs> it's 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 interesting like obviously you know think can i can i curse yeah 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 we'll run yeah? it okay so obviously things are fucked at like the macrocosm <laughs> level right but right. <laughs> uh the more people i talk to the more it seems like that has just trickled down and siphoned down into their own lives as well so yes. I've, I've had a bit of a harrowing couple of weeks but uh and i'll, I'll talk more openly about it at some point but the, you know the good news is everybody's okay Families are intact. People are still alive. Everything's yeah. fine. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I think we're seeing a lot of that. Uh, I mean, my life, I think, Dave, your life is a little, you know, you're having some stress with stuff, right? It kind of just seems like everybody's used to it at this point. Yeah. That's the good old U.S. of A. Yeah. yeah you know, I was talking to some, some of my friends and uh, I kind of wonder if like a lot of us, not me, because I just, I just had my moment, but <laughs> personally, but um. <laughs> I kind of wonder if a lot of us aren't twenty twentying right. You know what I mean? Like a, this is yeah. maybe this is the time when we go through the the, the fire and we you know come out reborn. Right. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. We're all gonna be phoenixes <laughs> this year. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Well, maybe I don't know. Is that, <laughs> no, I don't do I want to so. be a phoenix? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, cool. So let's dive into uh, Bigfoot land. I guess. Yeah. Um, let's start with the big guy. So how did you? I mean, you didn't start out being like a Bigfoot person did you you kind of or what how how'd you get into the bigfoot thing i mean i kind of i kind of did in yeah. a lot of ways not in terms of my writing so much right but in terms of like my interests you know as a kid um you know uh, for, for me for the longest time the only thing that i really thought was real in the the you know grand scheme of things was was the cryptozoological field because that that has science behind it right you know, right, it's, right yeah it's all super sciencey and you know there's there's a lot of good science uh with some people who you know study bigfoot prints and whatnot uh but right. uh it was this was before i sort of got clued into the fact that oh you know the alien abduction experience might not be you know what uh what people think it is it might have something to do with altered states and oh you know yeah uh, this is also before I had, you know, um, some some ghost uh, phenomena that I'd run into as well. Um, mm. Even though I sort of always had a soft spot for that, but um, so yeah, I kind of did start off in some ways as a as a Bigfoot kid oh, uh, because I was always into you know monster movies. Right. I just yeah. love I just love creature features, you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, but but it hadn't really featured very prominently in a lot of my work. I mean, just sort of here and there, it was like an afterthought. There had never been like a Bigfoot book, right? And uh, now, after you know, writing you know between Timothy and I about two hundred thousand words. Wow. Yeah. They, like we didn't want to make it two books. We wanted to do one book, but we're just like, there's no way we can put out one giant book like this. Yeah. Um, so after writing that much, I, I may be done with Bigfoot again for a while <laughs> because <laughs> right. I honestly, honestly, like after volume two drops, I really don't know what else I would say. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it, it ended up being such a comprehensive thing uh, that it's, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of firmly in the weird Bigfoot camp, which is something that, Right. I was very hesitant to do a long time ago, uh, but yeah. you know, here, here, here I am, and you know, again, two hundred thousand words—that's that's two, that's <laughs> over over two of my normal books that we have, like you know, put together. Right. And uh, you know, I, I just I've described it multiple times, like drinking through a hose, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and 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 it's not. I mean, it is comprehensive, but it's not. I mean, if we wanted to include everything that we found in there, it would it would be you know another two or three books right uh, just okay. in terms of cases that back up the things the the, the, the motifs and the, the the patterns that we're seeing so yeah yeah um but at the same time like yeah i don't, I don't know really what else i'm going to say about bigfoot i mean there, there might be some things in here that could be uh, picked apart a little bit more in depth but as far as anything original i think i'm tapped out <laughs> i think i'm right. tapped out on bigfoot yeah. yeah yeah are you are you sick of uh talking about bigfoot yet i literally just texted tim and i was like you know, I'm super proud of these books. Maybe, maybe you know, the proudest of any of my stuff. Maybe I'm not sure, but <laughs> but I but I said, aren't you really looking forward to talking about something else for a while? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It was so we're um, just wrapping up editing, and it should be. I, I think that it's still reasonable to to entertain the idea of a late 2020 release. Nice, so, awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, the first volume's great. It's got a, uh, and uh, yeah, I guess we should mention the subtitle being "High Strangeness" and the Bigfoot phenomenon, that being sort of the angle of this podcast, right? Uh, right. The high strangeness thing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, you know, I, like I said, I, I've never really wanted to be in that sort of paranormal Bigfoot category, but yeah. or you know, but it just if if you're being honest with a lot of the stuff, you know, it looks like that. I was talking to someone else the other day who was like. Well, when people say that Bigfoot disappears, maybe they're not familiar with the terrain, and maybe it just jumped into a ditch, and maybe this, and maybe that, and you know that is that is possible. But if you, there are plenty of cases where there are plenty of cases where a that's not what's going on because people know the land really well. Yeah, there are plenty of cases also where people literally see these things wink out of existence, like they're not right. even they didn't even blink and it's gone. It just disappears. But, you know, the thing that really bothered me about that that line of thought is that you keep on walking that logic back and you end up at, well, you know, you just saw a bear. That's what that's that's mm -hmm. where that line of logic ends up. Right. You know, you keep on <laughs> doubting what people have seen. Yeah. So, yeah, it just is one of those things that I can't I, I, I can't I can't go back to the flesh and blood thing now. It's yeah. like right. some sort of weird Bigfoot gnosis, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really love that idea of the Bigfoot being sort of like a metaphysical totem that people encounter. Do you think that um, like these encounters possibly are about some sort of like disconnect we're experiencing with nature in the moment? Well, you know, I've, I've talked to a couple people about like how there really is a Bigfoot moment going on right now in pop culture i mean you're seeing mm. i i would i would argue that the um the ubiquity of bigfoot now was kind of like the way that uh the gray alien image was you know uh, 
right. infecting everything in in the nineties. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll be I'll be sitting in traffic and I'll see you know, I would say probably an average of one person every two days with a Bigfoot bumper sticker. Bumper or something. Sure, yeah. yeah. You know, um, so there is a, there is sort of Bigfoot's having a moment right now, um, which I don't think was intentional on our part. I think maybe we were sort of at the the beginning of that wave when we decided to, to write this. Right. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I've, I've sort of played with the idea that uh, that these things respond to what we're doing to ourselves and to our reality and to our environment. Hmm. You know, if we run with that idea of the gray aliens uh, being so popular in the 90s and we sort of put that in a continuum from the atomic age, it's almost like that's they're the avatar of concern about right. know, the atom bomb and whatnot. Right. And now and now in an age where nuclear destruction is less of a threat mm-hmm. and we're kind of our own, you know, things like environmental issues are more of a threat in a lot of ways than, uh, than those geopolitical things. I know we can talk about China. I totally agree, but I'm saying, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying we don't, we don't have that, like, you know, sort of Damocles over our head with, with the nuclear bomb like we used to. Totally. Yeah. Um, and your, your, your mileage may vary on a lot of, uh, on a lot of environmental causes. And I'm sympathetic to, to people who are critical of that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I think we all agree that like, you know, mother nature is pissed off about something yeah. <laughs> with, you know, totally yeah. fire, wildfires and just, yeah, all the stuff that's going on. It seems like a new disaster every day. So right. maybe there is some sort of Gaian response mechanism, you know, maybe Bigfoot's like a white blood cell or, or, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or, you know, there are plenty of people who think that Bigfoot is a guardian of the forest sort of character. And it would make sense yeah. that as we're sort of, uh, you know, at the end of our environmental rope, this this archetype is emerging again. Now, whether or not that means that it's an objective rea- objective reality outside of us, or it's somehow Jungian or something, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I'm open to a lot of different interpretations, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, I'm still sympathetic. Excuse me, more so than Tim, uh, to the uh, flesh and blood hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, especially you know, I, I, I the the kind of way that I like to have my cake and eat it too <laughs> is. Um, <laughs> Is is you know invoking Mike Clellan's re- research with owls? Like obviously yeah. owls are real creatures, yeah. but sometimes the owls are strange. So maybe there is a pocket of flesh and blood Bigfoot, and right. whatever this other intelligence is picks up on that, just as it picks up on other wildlife to make you know to have these strange encounters. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. Again, that's the way I like to have my cake and eat it too. I don't think it's <laughs> entirely <laughs> fair, but it's it's worth it's worth entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Well, there there's so many situations I think that that garner both of those thought processes. Um, but I'm curious, do you engage a lot of like local stories? Do you get a lot of local accounts to you personally? You know, it's one of the reasons that I'm really glad that I ended up partnering with Tim on this is because I. Um, have a giant gaping hole in my uh, in my body of research is and it's basically that I just I don't do field work. Mm-hmm. I never really have. I'm I'm sort of the guy who goes to who likes to look at connections and you know will drive hours upon hours to go find something in a library that I can't find that's out of right. print somewhere. But yeah, in terms of yeah. like doing that or collecting stories, I'm really not that guy. Mm-hmm. I would like to be that guy because I think it would really you know keep me energized and engaged. And I've before the before you know, uh, the lockdown went into effect. I uh, was sort of planning on getting a little bit more engaged with field work, but for me, no, not so much. Um, you know, having said that, uh, there is a really great uh, Bigfoot museum. Uh, it's oh, just yeah. about 
an hour and a half north that has really acted as a real vacuum cleaner for a lot of uh, things in the area. Hmm. And hmm. I would I would even go so far as to argue that perhaps you know Bigfoot activity in the area has increase because they put up a museum right <laughs> sort right. of reactive the reactive aspect of the phenomena it was david yeah. metcalf who was like they made it simple to bigfoot you know it's <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it's it's in an area that already had sightings um it's a place <laughs> for believers to gather it's a place for unbelievers to be converted it houses sacred relics right yeah and uh you know and so they put it in this place of power and because of that there's some sort of <laughs> you know a reciprocated uh psycho social something going on that's, totally. that's making the phenomena manifest more i like yeah. that idea because like, yeah. it's just weird it's just so weird right. and yeah. that's why i love it yeah <laughs> do you do you think like you experience any of that sort of feedback in in writing these books and stuff do you notice anything in your own life so there was a time um when i was writing a trojan feast where i would have a lot of different synchronicities um i was uh at one point um woken up in the middle of the night my my, my parents and I had gone to the beach with my wife and uh, and they had gone home a night early and I got a phone call from my folks home telephone number actually no it was from my mom's cell phone is what it was and I answered it and it was this very you know Mothman prophecies-esque robotic voice that was like <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and I you know and I called her back you know I d- couldn't figure it out and I hung it up and I called her back and uh, there was no call from her phone so it could have been anything I guess yeah. um, wow. I'm this is a little bit difficult for me to talk about at the moment um, I am going through a period of uh I am going through a period that has had a lot of synchronicity, like mm. an absurd amount of really profound synchronicity, and it's still sort of a little bit of a touchy subject. But uh, yeah, um, I uh, long story short, I have a little gnome that a little gnome statue that I uh, bought um, on a vacation in the mountains, and uh, you attach it to a tree, and it just sits there like a little gnome looking out from around the tree, and. Uh, you can, if somebody wants to troll my Facebook photos, you'll probably find it. Um, but uh, it went, it disappeared for a couple of days. Like it just wasn't there. And I was like, oh, I just, I figured it had fallen off. And we have a lot of leaf, leaf cover in our backyard. And I need to go look for it. And uh, I went away for about 10 days. And I come home and uh, the darn thing sitting in a really obvious spot uh, <laughs> at a forked tree in my backyard. And that forked tree just so happens to be where I buried a silver coin as a fairy offering when I first got to the house. Oh, so, no, wow. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. It, yeah. Who knows? You know, my wife didn't do it. That's what I can say. Wow. Um, but, right. you know, so that's it's, a, it's, yeah. Oof, that's an amazing anecdote. Uh, yeah. It's a good, it's a good little synchronicity. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Like, like I said, I, I, so I've, long story short, uh, I have experienced some of those things, but they have been pretty few and far between. And for whatever reason, um, I have my suspicions, but for whatever reason, the past four weeks have just been mired in symbolism and, right. uh, and all sorts of stuff that uh, I'll, I'll be sharing pe- with people more in the future. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the other thing. I, I kind of don't want to talk about it because I don't want it to stop. Right. right. Um, and, and it has, it has sort of started to taper down a little bit anyway. So it's like, hey, Jim, let's keep this ball rolling. It's yeah. so fun to live in a magical universe. You know? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whenever I'm in, like, I've had maybe like three or four of those weird little stretches of time where, like, everything is so charged with, like, I don't know what that is. I guess it's some kind of magic. And, yeah, you don't want, it's like you're scared of it, but you're also, like, so excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
and you know some of the stuff some it's it's just it's just their synchronicities are just like dreams because they right. mean the world to you and the piece the people that you tell do not give a shit <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like 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 the, the gnome statue one's good but uh you know I, I have i have some others that are just like mind-boggling to me because something that i was thinking over and over randomly in the day sort of manifested right i'll give you an example um i was talking with a friend saying that uh I was sort of disappointed with the work of some other people because it it felt like I was uh, one of the ants in a room full of grasshoppers. That's a you know reference to the Aesop's fables, and uh, mm. and I have this running tally of things I need to teach my sons in the back of my head because you know everybody's making more media and everybody's you know <laughs> I think about all the you know the old black and white movies that I've seen, just all these things that I need to share with my kids. Mm -hmm. yeah. And for whatever reason, I got stuck on Aesop's Fables that day and I was trying to list the ones that I could remember in my head and I was just like, man, Aesop's Fables, where did I learn about Aesop's Fables? Did I learn it from here? Did I learn it from there? Was it a TV show? Was it a book? Oh Lord, that's something else I need to teach the kids. Aesop's Fables. And I was walk walking with them in the stroller and I'm like, Aesop's Fables, man, I've got I've to write that down to make sure because there's so many good life lessons in there. So I talked to my mom that night and they're on vacation at the beach and she says, hey, just so you know, I picked up a book at the bookstore down here at the beach for the boys. Aesop's fables. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah, and it's it's and it's like that, but that's a perfect example of like it. It didn't. It it will never strike as as resonant for someone that I tell that to as it will for me because I was inside my head that day and I was obsessing yeah. over that. And the odds that my mom would have just picked that out of thin air, yeah, um, are astronomical. Right. So yeah. Yeah, it almost feels like you're not even working with like probability at that point. It's like some kind of. <laughs> Something else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she could have. She could have grabbed. I don't know. She could have grabbed. Yeah, anything. Any, else. any, any, yeah, any, right. any, anything else. Like you know, like, yeah. like Uncle Remus or like you right. know the Native American folk tales for yeah. children or like yep. you know uh, any number of things. But that's that's what she ended up uh, and she ended up grabbing. So it's it's, it's yeah, wild. Totally. Yeah. So uh, another thing I've heard you mention um, previously is is which I'm really interested in is this sort of like Rorschach effect of experiences, um, and and maybe like the blue dress, uh, white dress, you know, and people sort of remembering experiences drastically differently. You know, is yeah. it, is this something that um that uh, you're seeing a lot where people are sharing experiences together and sort of having a different collective memory of it. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, you know, science is, science often talks about how fickle memory is and the, and the fact that like, you know, every time you remember something, you're remembering your last memory of it. So you end up getting like, you know, right. That piece of, that piece <laughs> of paper that's had too many, it's been through the Xerox machine too many times. Yeah. <laughs> it sort of starts to get blurry and covered in artifacts. Yeah. Um, and honestly, there are some, some, uh, some, 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 some traumatic things that have happened to me that I've kind of done that sort of rewriting thing deliberately. And I can, mm. I still have a memory of what actually happened, but I don't feel it experientially like I normally would. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it really is problematic. Um, the, the the whole the whole Rorschach test thing that I see in the paranormal is just so tied into 
what people are predisposed to believe mm. and the, the, you know, the links that they'll go to. And I'll, I'll never forget. Um, it was, uh, somebody was speaking with Linda Moulton Howe about how, uh, you know, those black helicopters that you see around the cattle mutilation sites aren't really black helicopters. They are UFOs that have shape shifted into black helicopters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm, sim- I'm sympathetic to that idea, but that's just, that's really as a bridge too far. I mean, like, let's, let's, can we at least approach it from the idea that it's actually a helicopter first <laughs> right, yeah. before we go ahead and do that? And, you know, the obvious and most egregious example is, is the missing 411 thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 so funny for me to listen to people who are on the extraterrestrial hypothesis bandwagon and then want to lump missing 411 stuff into it and be like, oh, yeah, so I guess like ETs can change the weather now. Right. (laughs) Or they can, you know, they have all these things that that fit into existing models. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I say that missing 411 is a complete is a Rorschach test. And I say that with complete knowledge of the irony of the fact that I'm going to say that fairy faith is the thing that explains missing 411 more than anything. <laughs> right. Because yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm at least self, you know, reflexive enough to realize that yes, I'm, I'm proving my own rule here. Yeah. Um, but you know, Bigfoot doesn't change weather. Bigfoot doesn't, you know, I mean, so aliens are abducting people with, who are wearing bright clothing or like Bigfoot cares about what people's last names are or, right. you know, just, um, it really does suggest to me something that, that is operating on on more of a, you know, a, well, honestly, just a magical level. It's throwing yeah. that word around, I know, but it's, it, you know, the idea that there are, we have our own reality, and we have another reality that, that mirrors and, and is, you know, to that reality, things like symbolism are important. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of where I've, I've settled for a while. Um Kind of upset at myself for having settled there, because I feel like if you're not constantly, like, Re- reevaluating your thinking you're sort of stagnating but mm. uh it's really hard for me to get away from this idea of you know a spirit ecosystem that was a really roundabout way of answering your question even if i maybe yeah. i didn't even answer it i don't, uh, I don't no, know i think we got back there perfectly <laughs> no yeah i think that, yeah, um, that's great yeah but yeah i mean yeah it's it's one of those things where i'm always baffled when people are upset about uh about the idea that you know things like Bigfoot or aliens might be some sort of reified, some sort of physicalized manifestation of the collective unconscious. Like, and they get upset about that. Like, that's somehow not super miraculous in and of itself. You know what I mean? It's still right. yeah. crazy, wild, anomalous. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, and uh, so, so, yeah. Whenever people like push back on them, I'm like, are you really that married to little green men that you right. that, that 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 idea is unpalatable? Because actually, that kind of sounds a lot more interesting to me, honestly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, again, I, I try to be I try to be non dogmatic about this stuff. Yeah, um, I think you have yeah. to be. Yeah. yeah. Or, or or you end up. I mean, or you end up losing it. You know. I mean, yeah. it's it's sort of right. like a. It's sort of like if you want to rework that famous phrase from the dark knight you know you either die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain i mean uh, so you either uh you know stay agnostic or you end up batshit crazy (laughs) i think is what it really comes down to yeah (laughs) yeah i wish it wasn't i mean yeah i wish there was a way to find like real answers in this but so far it doesn't seem like that's happening anytime soon like real answers yeah yeah I, i think that you know i think that uh that really underscores how personal this stuff is. Right. Right. I, 
I think it, I think it is a personal journey. Mm-hmm. You know, people are always yammering around about disclosure when they don't realize I me. Mean, this sounds super cheesy, but I actually mean it. That the real disclosure is inside you. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the real yeah. disclosure is in your heart. I was talking with Whitley Strieber about this, and you know, we both agree that it's not about the government telling you that these things are real. It's mm-hmm. about you either having your own experience or you Goldilocksing your way through the logic mm-hmm. of this and being right. like, Oh, th- there's something behind this. And yeah. you have that own knowledge of this. You you know that, that these things are real and you don't need to be told by some authority figure. You know? Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think, I think in that spirit, um, to me, it seems like a lot of our listeners might, you know, come from like suburban life or city life and i think for them like digesting something like et's or ufology is sort of coming in into the vogue of like the collective consciousness where like um bigfoot i feel like a lot of people might find it a little bit hard to harder to believe because they've never experienced anything close to that so is there sort of like what 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 would be like one of the best um examples that you've come across that has been like uh has just given you you know evidence that there is something to this phenomenon well you know just to sort of touch on that a little bit what you said to begin with um it really is uh striking to me that uh people you know have a more difficult time wrapping their heads around some of these things and i i think that that might have something to do with the fact that like Look, I'm sitting here in suburban Atlanta, and I can tell you, magic be thin here. Like, magic is real thin. <laughs> like, yeah. there's just, you don't feel it. But, you know, if you go, you know, two hours up, up the road to the mountains, or, I mean, heck, even from here, I can get you in the middle of nowhere in about 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, and it just, you just feel it. It just sort of covers you like a warm blanket. Mm, um, yeah. And that was the funny thing about writing this book is that, you know, I found myself siding with the Bigfoot skeptics a lot. Um, because there really is, um, there really is, there really are rather a lot of, of problems with, with the flesh and blood hypothesis. And to me that, you know, I'm still believing witnesses, but I'm saying like, yeah, the, 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 the things, the holes that skeptics poke in the Bigfoot phenomena are a lot stronger and a lot bigger, I think, than the holes that they poke in spirit phenomena or mm-hmm. yeah. UFO phenomena. Um, because mm-hmm. if, 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 if you're, if you're getting, if you're jumping on that, that, uh, physicalized bandwagon, you've got to be prepared to answer the fact of, you know, why there aren't any bodies. And right. I mean, yes, people will say that people don't run into bear carcasses or cougar carcasses in the wild. I get that. I, I know that, but they have, <laughs> you know, at some point they have. Yeah. Um, so to your point about a specific, uh, encounter that, uh, really sort of, emphasizes uh the reality of these things um you know it's interesting in volume two we have uh two case studies of people whose bigfoot encounters are really uh exemplary of all the we all the weird stuff we've talked about in both volumes um but as far as i mean are, are you looking for something that's like evidential based or or something like a, a really um a really a witness of high caliber or exactly exactly what are you looking for from me on this? Yeah, <laughs> I'm also I'm also stalling because I'm trying to remember some of my favorite cases. No, yeah. that's that's fine. I I feel like I always want to take care of um like the total skeptic listener, you know? Like oh, I, yeah, okay. I feel like I always wanna have um 
I don't know, something for them. But <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I, mean, I should just stop so, catering. <laughs> so here's here's the ironic thing is that, you know, I wrote Where the Footprints in with Tim about like all these weird Bigfoot encounters. But the first thing when somebody wants to be convinced that there's something lying behind the phenomena is I'm going to press a book in their hands. Mm-hmm. And that book is going to be from the the flesh and blood Bigfoot camp. And that book is Jeff Meldrum's Bigfoot legend meets science, Mm -hmm. Um, which is an absolutely, um, absolutely amazing uh, book because you have this guy who is a professor of, sorry, Sasquatch legend meets science. Sorry. I always get that mixed up. Sasquatch legend meets science. It's, um, you know, Meldrum is a professor at Idaho state university. Uh, He specializes in primate locomotion and he walks you through the the, the ways that these footprints, mm-hmm. you know, some s- specific examples of them have stuff that you would not see in um, a human footprint. And if you were going to hoax them, you'd have to have some profound knowledge of primate anatomy. I'm talking about things specifically like, uh, you know, the mid-tarsal break. Right. Primates is actually break. a flexible center yeah. point. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there are things like uh, there's this condition known as Celtic foot or Morton's foot where the second toe is longer than the first toe and it occurs in 10% of the human population. And it also occurs in 10% of these big foot footprints, huh. which is like, that's an interesting little, you know. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the dermal ridges. I mean, the thing is, is that these things kind of feel a little bit passe in the, in the supernatural community because mm-hmm. – um, because they've been talked about for so long. But the science is really, really strikingly good on this. Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. and that, that, that does imply is that there is a physicality to this phenomena right. and that's your gateway drug. Right. Um, and that's, and that's what gets that, that's what gets your foot in the door. And then of course it does fall apart when you start asking things about like, you know, breeding populations and people finding or not finding corpses. And, um, the thing that people have to eventually wrap their head around, and this is a really tough thing. I get it. Cause we've been raised to not think this way but you have to wrap your head around the fact that imaginary and imaginal are not the same thing Mm -hmm. and that just because something's non-physical doesn't mean it can't have physical implications in the real world right um if you look at uh you know a lot of people say well you know bigfoot can't be a ghost or bigfoot can't be non-physical because it leaves footprints and that's just shockingly ignorant of Mm -hmm. uh of you know the tradition of ghost hunting where one of the first techniques to prove a haunting was to you know spread talcum powder on the floor and wait for (laughs) footprints to emerge right you've got poltergeist (laughs) cases where something is writing on the mirror in red lipstick or charcoal (laughs) or whatever um and then you know if if you really want to go if you really want to get granular and super scientific um look at the look at psi phenomena i mean that is Hmm. I'm I'm not gonna <laughs> gun to my head. I'm not gonna tell you that uh, you know that whatever lies behind the UFO phenomena is real or Bigfoot is real or Nessie or any of this stuff. But you know, a hill that I will die on is psi phenomena and psi research. Mm, yeah, um, it is so well done, and it is so well done at a very specific level that if it were any other topic, we wouldn't even be having the conversation mm-hmm. yeah. about whether or not it's real or not. Mm-hmm. And once you look at that set of data and you say. Well, you know, psi phenomena are obviously non-physical. They're in your head, but they can have an influence on the real world. Then it becomes a lot easier to say, well, you know, maybe this, maybe Bigfoot is something that is non-physical, but can leave physical imprints. Hmm. And of course people say, well, what about blood and droppings and hair? And then my response to that is, well, UFOs leave behind this angel hair substance from Mm -hmm. time to time, which literally in the cases where they've tried to collect it has evaporated, like evaporated <laughs> from like an enclosed jar. 
and then you've got to look at the you know the robust history of um of uh of, of you know seances which i mean yeah a lot of them were bunk of course um but uh, not all of them and you had things yeah. like ectoplasm which were another physical manifestation mm-hmm. it's like my, it's like a uh, sarai over at where the rogo often says uh about you know the whole yuri geller spoon bending thing is like you know just because people can fake a punch for a movie or for a television show doesn't mean that all punches are fake right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> you can fake the, you can fake these things but it doesn't mean that like the act itself never happens yeah, yeah so yeah. <laughs> that's sort of where i am yeah. yeah that makes sense yeah that's great Talking a little bit about what's uh, what's happening right now with uh, UFO world. Um, what do you think? I mean, let's just start with like uh, this whole like every two weeks we get a little bit of disclosure. What like, what's going on with that? I mean, it's it's like a fart in a hurricane, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. no one, no one, no one's noticing. No one's giving a shit. Yeah. What is? Know. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. What's up with that? The the thing that constantly bothers me. Um, is uh you know the story came out about non uh non-terrestrial craft coming out and everybody's like oh the pentagon says that it has you know recovered off-world uh vehicles and right. I'm like that's literally not at all what was said yeah mm-hmm. that's what that's what eric davis said yeah the pentagon did not say that but that's what they ran with right um and you know it's interesting a lot of the people uh a lot of a lot of the people that I talk to, a lot of the you know, normies, um, <laughs> so to speak, uh, that the, the 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 vibe that I've been getting from them is that they are actually really skeptical of of that particular claim, even without mm. you know, even setting aside the fact that it's been misattributed. Yeah. Um, that they, a lot of the people that I've talked to are really skeptical of that still to this day. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know, I think that they're barking at the wrong tree. I, my friend uh, Red Pill Junkie, mm-hmm. um, you know prefers to look at retrieved crash materials much more along the lines of again a ports uh some of the things yeah. you find in poltergeist cases that just seem seemingly materialize out of nowhere hmm. i think that might be a little bit a little bit more accurate but huh. again also the number of people that i talk to um who like the first thing they say is i don't think it's aliens i think it's interdimensional it's like <laughs> Because, because well, I mean, so like, look, pre TTSA, and uh, you know, I'm still a neophyte at this. I, I, uh, I, I still boggles my mind that a Trojan Feast was just released like five years ago. It feels like it's been an absolute lifetime. But, uh, but even in the time since I've got involved, it seemed like, from again, from when I got involved in the community, really, in like 2015 until like the the day before the TTSA announcements. It felt like there was a real sloughing off of a lot of this old ETH yeah, uh, yeah. 
stuff. Um, and it felt like people were were much more open to ideas of uh, like well, hypotheses, rather like interdimensionality or you know something non-physical, just mm -hmm. you know non non-materialist, non-physicalist ideas. And then TTSA comes along, and then everybody's back on this physical nuts and bolts spacecraft. Right. right. Yeah. Bob Lazar comes back out, and it's just <laughs> yeah, you know, they and a lot of people have been, they're wheeling yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're wheeling back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, you know, a lot of people have been, uh, you know, a lot of people have been trying to sort of read between the lines about all this. And sometimes I wonder if, like, the one of the purposes of this was just that we were, the community was kind of a little bit on the right track. And this is just another mm -hmm. way to, to revert us, to throw us back to the 50s in terms of our thinking on the, on the subject right. matter. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you know, I, that's, I, I tried to point these things out on UFO Twitter and ended up getting a, uh, vague vague death threats so i was like wow. okay I'm, yeah. yeah i'm good yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, like yeah. of all the things to get that upset about right it's not worth that yeah the, the, the <laughs> fact the fact that i say that it might not be craft to someone who like <laughs> keeps on using the word crafts which yeah. isn't a freaking word um <laughs> the fact that i the fact that i say that it might not be alien aircraft is 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 warrants that sort of reaction it's just it speaks to the mental instability of the community i think sometimes yeah totally um what's y'all's take on ttsa well, I mean, I'm, yeah, I think more or less it's uh, some combination of like, I don't know, I guess the word would be psyop yeah. or with like a money grab kind of situation. I think, I, I think it's, I think it's very cynical. <laughs> yeah. I can, yeah. yeah. It's hard. To Go ahead. Heads. Sorry. No, no, it's no, all you. No, no worries. It's, it's hard to uh, make heads or tails of it. I think somebody pokes around and then something gets leaked, but it, it's like you said, I mean, the headline was not even really the story. It was just kind of manufactured in itself. Yeah. What I find so frustrating is, is the way that, um, is the way that people in the UFO community have willfully ignored the fact that we are in the, the opening stages of a cold war with China. And they're, mm -hmm. and they're not even paying attention to that being a factor. Absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> it just—it really boggles the mind that they're that—that they're that myopic and so obsessed with UFOs that they see this and they don't even think. Again, seeing the history of the way that the UFO community has been used to as cover for all sorts of different government activities, right? That they don't see that this might fit into that somehow, right? Yeah. <laughs> or even be like you know, even I mean, you know, even be a. Uh, you know, uh, maybe you know, maybe the message isn't even for the UFO community. Maybe mm. the release of the Tic Tac videos, which right. don't get me started on the fact <laughs> that they've been around forever. Yeah. Um. You know, maybe that was that was more for you know, maybe that was more for uh, the you know, global leaders than it was for the UFO community. Like, look at what mm. we got here. Yeah. It's yeah. Weird, isn't it? mm -hmm. You know, yeah. maybe uh, they they have a better ability to read between the lines than we do. So, yeah. I'm not saying that it's not. Again, I, I you bring this stuff up and and you're you're a heretic. And I'm not even, you know, I'm not saying that that's the case. For all I know, it could be literally an alien spaceship that I could go up and knock on. You know, right. maybe yeah. that's maybe that's what we're seeing that that footage. But it just, it's just more of the same old, same old. And again, right. it's not like I'm, you know, I've been in the field for twenty or thirty years. I'm jaded at five years in. You know, <laughs> it's like if you're right. paying attention and you know the history of what's been going on. Yeah, just like just like the you know the the big revelation that the Pentagon has been studying this. It's like yeah, and right, right, yeah, right. You know, 
it's it's part of a tradition of them studying these things. And if you didn't assume that anyway, like, yeah, how am I? Yeah. Are you? It, just, yeah, it reminds me a lot of like the the majestic twelve papers type stuff. Like, mm-hmm. just like it has the same vibe of like. I mean, like it's it's really exciting, and whenever something's like really exciting and makes a lot of sense, it's like I don't mm-hmm. know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that, that's that's the really kind of ironic thing about where I am is like, if if you brought me on for a Roswell roundtable or an MJ12 roundtable or a Bob Lazar roundtable, I would have dick to contribute. <laughs> like, I would, yeah, because I mean, because these these topics have been just bludgeoned to death, yeah. right? Totally. Um, even if they are true, um. They're, they're they're so tainted by so much controversy. Right. I just haven't been. I just haven't made myself a stu- a student of studying studying them. Yeah, you know? right. Now that's not that I'm ignorant of it. I I know the broad strokes, but when it comes down to parsing out their, whether they're real or not, I tend to just side with people that I know. Side with. I tend to respect the opinions of people that I know who are more in depth in it. Than I you know I know the yeah. arguments for and against the reality of these things, but I just it's not something that I think anybody needs to spend more time on. I don't think it's getting anybody closer to the truth. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's really interesting too because the language in the most recent story involving names like Marco Rubio and it, it seems more like it was from a defense point of view. Um it's it's interesting you mentioned the the potential cold war with China and stuff like that and or or what's already, you know, in progress. Luke Warmore. Luke Warmore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. But 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 I do think that. I do think that we, as a as a UFO community, we just we're so enthusiastic, and it's just we keep on looking at the wrong things, you know. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, what, what? What? Do you want to? Do you have a? Oh, I think. Um, Something that happened, I guess it was 2016 or so. That what was above Majestic, the really famous, uh, the big. Who is that? Is that Corey Good? That whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wilcox and, too, right? right. Wilco- yeah, that, Wilcox. Yeah. And that was huge. Um, just like people that I knew that didn't really follow UFOs, like were kind of like into this, like as like uh, like an intro to UFOs, and so. I mean, because basically by the end, it's a. It's a QAnon like propaganda film, more or less, and I think that there's a lot of crossover between like that, that world and the and the UFO world right now. That is, I think it's pretty like dangerous, and it's it's I mean it's definitely uh, crumbling some of the UFO uh, allegiances that may have existed before. Yeah, um, what, where are you guys on with the Q stuff? Because I, I got. Uh... Somebody somebody texted me or not texted me but messaged me a while back and was like, yeah. "Hey, we're doing a we're doing a QAnon show. If you think Bigfoot ties into this at all, <laughs> let me know." And it's like, "Yeah, no, okay, I'm yeah. okay." <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm anti, very anti Q. Um, yeah, we're we're not we're not really there at all. But I follow it because um, I, I like to know what's up, and it's like it's like the main thread of the conspiracy culture right now. So I follow it, but I think it's like dangerous and like not. Not even that, like, well-crafted, like, <laughs> propaganda. Yeah, um, you know, it's I, I'm spacing on this because I, I'm not, I'm not big into the whole conspiracy culture. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't have any, I don't have any, I don't want to say I don't have any opinion on Q. I just, it just, 
I think that's probably, I think it's mostly bunk. But again, I think like all sort of misinfo and disinfo, there's probably some nuggets of truth in there. Well, yeah, that's Um, the thing. I think like there's always a small element of truth that makes like these things interesting in the first place. It's got to blossom from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's where I'm at too. But it's, it's, Um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, there's, there's this podcast I was listening to. Uh, called the farm it's a conspiracy podcast oh yeah that's it. a great um, one yeah yeah and he was talking about and again this is i just don't i don't have all my i can't uh i don't have my my recall is not as good with conspiracy stuff because i generally right. don't don't go in far too far deep into it like yeah. you know give me a conspiracy document or give me a dusty old tome from you know 19th century ireland yeah, yeah. <laughs> i tell you which one thing i'm going to be looking at that's right um, but yeah. uh the, the, one, of, one of the generals who has come out i think in support of q is also someone who was involved in sort of this uh fourth generation warfare stuff mm. which is oh. kind of interest an interesting point of comparison yeah wow. um but i mean it's it's weird like we're in the it's it's 2020 2019 and 2020 it's like this conspiracy theories are just so mainstream yeah right it's um, right and like anything, like anything that's mainstream, it got ruined. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Except, um, I mean, well, I, no, I can't think of any good exceptions. Maybe like, <laughs> I don't know, McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe poutine or something. But, right. You know, I mean, yeah. the, the, the internet already ruined bacon and Krampus. So, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you know, I was I was I was big into Star Wars, I and mean, I still enjoy it, and I still know way too much about the now canceled <laughs> expanded universe and all that bullshit. But, yeah. uh, but you know, there was a definite moment after around where Disney bought it. Like you know, I grew up like being made fun of for. Yeah, I, I grew up being made fun of for knowing what a Mandalorian was. And, <laughs> yeah, right. And now it's like, oh, have you seen the man? It's like, oh god, are we gonna are we gonna do this? Right. You know, it's not even like it's not even a fake versus real thing. It's just like I I I was I was I, I was there you know the entire time while Star Wars was just yeah. the nerdy thing, and and now it's as mainstream as football. Like, oh, right. you're into right. Star Wars? You're you know you're not yeah. a nerd anymore. You're right. just a person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so s- something we've mentioned, I think, going back to sort of, you know, I know you, you said you don't know too much about Q, and I guess we probably don't know too much about it either. But I know everything. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I think we've mentioned sort of this idea of, of hoaxing um, and how hoaxing sort of creates a sigil and, and becomes a phenomena within itself. Um, I was just curious what your thoughts on that might be. No, I mean I think that's that's really prescient. There's a there's a there's a section so um in where the footprints in volume two I have a chapter that's dedicated to the George P. Hansen model of the trickster and the paranormal because yeah. it's a great book. Yeah, yeah. Um it's it's not the easiest book to get through. Right. It reads a it reads a bit like a bit like a doctoral dissertation or something. But um but it's a great book and he keeps on mentioning Bigfoot in the book and he never like really goes anywhere with it. Um, so I, so there's a trickster chapter in, in volume two of where the footprints in, and one of the yeah. sections in that is sort of you know, like looking at this idea of, you know, the, the fake it till you make it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there are people, um, I think it's Paul Freeman, I believe is his name, uh, who was practically caught faking faking uh, footprints, but also has some of the best Bigfoot footage outside of the Patterson Gimlin film. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, if you look at things like uh, y'all are familiar with the Philip experiment, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure of that one. Oh my gosh. Okay, great. So uh, I'm gonna actually <laughs> I'm gonna bring up 
that chapter because I want to get all the proper nouns right. Yeah. Um, but the Philip experiment was a psi experiment that was carried out mm. by um, Canadian parapsychologists in 1972. Mm -hmm. uh, psychologist Joel Witten uh, got together with a group of these parapsychologists and they decided that they're going to basically fabricate a backstory for a child named Philip Aylesford. And they completely crafted this fictional backstory that he was born in 1624 and he was in all sorts of different historical events. He spied for King Charles mm -hmm. II. He was in the English Civil War. And uh, they actually um, started engaging in seances trying to call upon this fictional character. And they ended up <laughs> getting things like vibrations uh, that were captured on audio and video recordings. Um, the table would levitate. They had echoes, felt presences, raps. And, uh, you know, these raps would answer questions correctly about the fictional backstory <laughs> that they made for this ghost. Right. Um, which is just like the most mind-blowing concept that uh, that might be the way a lot of this stuff works. And I think it's really yeah. tied into the idea of sigils and to the idea of uh, of something, you know, being imbued with so much power, even if it has nothing of substance behind it, still mm. being given power by, again, by our by our reality, by our minds, by our will, by whatever. Right. Again, another example of why, like, Psy is the hill that, that Josh will die on. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so well documented, and it's one of those things that once you establish that that's a thing, <laughs> that's a real thing, then it opens up the door for everything else. Yeah. Like, literally everything else. Um, hmm. uh, I mean, it's sort of... Uh, the central thesis of Alex Akaris's book, uh, everything uh, science is wrong about everything. Um, <laughs> is that, you know, once, once you have that variable in play, then like you literally can't guarantee the temperature at which water will boil. Right. Yeah. Because if consciousness has an effect, then it throws like <laughs> everything out the window. Yeah. And that's, and that's been my problem with the extraterrestrial establishment is that, you know, you have these people who are hardline extraterrestrial hypothesis, you know, advocates. Yeah. And then they'll be like, but yeah, the, the aliens totally have uh, telepathy. Right. Like, and the aliens <laughs> yeah. totally can talk to your dead loved ones. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's, you know, right. let's, let's, let's not, uh, in, this, in, the, in the true spirit of the actual meaning of Occam's razor, let's not multiply factors unnecessarily right. here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. Actually, yeah, I had, I think... Looking back in like my, in my book selling work, I had seen that uh, something about the Philip experiment, but now I definitely have to find it again and read it. Yeah, there's an entire book that I have not read yeah. on it, um, but uh, yeah, it's it, it really is one of those amazing things that I kind of wish I could get a group of people together to to recreate. Right. Yeah. It should be it should be replicable. Um, yeah. Right. And I think maybe I think maybe some people actually have, but uh, yeah. It's something that I would like to see become a lot more widespread. Yeah, just um, creating all these fictional people. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that, that sort of ties into this idea. I mean, you know, the sort of Jungian idea that uh, ideas have people instead of people having ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, again, you can also see reflected in the way that some uh, writers of fiction have actually encountered their characters, supposedly. That that famous anecdote with right. uh, <laughs> Alan Moore and John Constantine, you yeah. know, or... Uh, <laughs> I can't remember the guy who created the Flash, not the Flash, sorry, the Shadow um, mm, yeah. radio series, but he apparently would see like a shadowed figure with a big fedora like <laughs> moving through his house. Yeah. Um, which is, again, just another absolutely lovely idea. But you talk to people who, who write fiction 
well, who write fiction well (laughs) for a living. And a lot of times they'll say, yeah, like it's just on autopilot. Like Mm. I had a plan or, you know, even I had a plan for this character and they, they decided that they were doing something different. Right. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's incredible. Yeah, no, I mean, I've definitely heard um, instances of sort of people creating thought forms and stuff like that. And man, that, that, uh, Got to read more on that experiment. That's amazing. That's yeah. kind of like the glue for all this stuff, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to be careful. Yeah. You go too far deep on Reddit and you're going to wind up with 16-year-old boys making tulpas to give them hand jobs. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah, um but well, I think yeah. there's something to it. Um <laughs> Yeah. Um Yeah. I'm letting my hair down a little bit tonight. Yeah. Hey, this is the um, one. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I figured. That's what this I figured. This is the end of the road here. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, so we did uh, we did an episode on the on the Philadelphia experiment. Experiment. Sorry. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was I feel like that's where we really got into that idea of like a hoax becoming like this entire like thing, um, because I mean more or less it was just like Carl Allen, um, kind of. I mean, you know, and there's documentation to back up some of the stuff, but like the life of it is this hoaxer, right? Like. I mean, who knows? But the you know the annotator, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, you know, I, I really haven't dug too deep in the Philadelphia experiment stuff either. Yeah, that's another that's, another blind spot of mine. It's it's great um, stuff. Yeah. Again, but, but again, it's partially because it's one of those things. It's like there's just so much nonsense out there. It's hard to right. figure out, you know, right. what actually happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we um, we use the valet valet uh, like like article, I guess it was, um, just like debunking the whole thing. And I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty familiar with his work, but he was, I guess that was sort of during his debunking kind of phase, you know? Yeah. I also think sort of, um, from the perspective of like the downfall of Jessup is how we approached it. And I think when you look into it that way, Carl Allen, sort of the progenitor of the conspiracy itself just seems like a rabid dog creating this hoax that just like blossoms in all these directions where like the Navy gets their hands on it and then it sort of becomes this this um, large conspiracy and it's mm-hmm. prodding in so many people's lives, but it began as just like this kind of like, you know, bored guy, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like, I kind of put the Philadelphia experiment, I mean, for for some obvious reasons in terms of the people that are involved, but like, it's kind of, it kind of has that Montauk sort of feel right. to it as well. Yeah. I think you could you could like lift a lot of the stuff that you just said about Philadelphia experiment and put it onto the Montauk stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think they're but, but again, I'm not saying that nothing happened with them, you know, with Montauk, right. but yeah. Yeah, yeah but it, it has that yeah. air about it, yeah. The the sort of yeah, the hoaxy kind of air. <laughs> I don't know. Or yeah. or at least like at least the, you know, the exaggeration kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I I I'm 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 pretty convinced that the uh, the government has well. I don't even need to be pretty convinced if you look at stuff like Project Stargate. But right, um, yeah, I'm I'm relatively convinced that the government has has been well involved with psi experiments. Some of them yeah. really yeah, really yeah, yeah. fucking icky psi yeah, experiments. Of course, right. Some of them with some of them with children. You know that that seems like sort of a foregone conclusion at this point. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's in the in uh, Whitley Strieber's book too right he talks about that in uh the secret yeah, school se- yeah secret school i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean it's it, it's it's funny like people you know you run up you run into normies again not yeah. to be so disparaging <laughs> but you run into normies who are who are all into stranger things and you kind of want to grab them and shake them and right. be like yeah it's a documentary like <laughs> it yeah. really is, really right. is. yeah 
so much of that stuff was i think i've heard some people you know refer to it as a limited hangout yeah, or, yeah. Know, to like, or telling tales out of school something along those lines and it really mm-hmm. does have that feeling especially with you know it was supposed to be originally named montauk it was mm-hmm. supposed to look right mm-hmm. yeah so yeah um but yeah, you know, I, I will say one regret of these two Bigfoot books is that the uh, the invisible Bigfoot running around the Montauk base did not make it oh. into either. Yeah. <laughs> that's a shame. Yeah, that's. I just couldn't yeah. find a good. I just couldn't find a good place for it. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe you got to go out to uh, Fire Island or something. Just that's where your field research begins. Start walking around yeah. Long Island. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, if if I lived within if I lived within you know two hours of of Renner, I'd be there yeah. every other weekend going mm. someplace and doing some stuff. Yeah. yeah. I guess he's pretty close to us. In ter- I mean, we're in Pennsylvania, so eventually we might oh, yeah. try and see if he wants to get on the pod. We'll he's see. Like south, yeah. south central around that uh, Lancaster yeah. area. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 I know. I want to do so much more stuff with like with local lore and, and listening to his stuff. Um, seems like we got to try and have him on. Definitely. Yeah. He's really, he's really great at it. I mean, I just, I'll, I, I mean, I said this in the forward to one of his books that I wrote for him, um, but uh, I'll never forget. Like, I was I was going to get like my watch fixed at Macy's or something, and I was going through uh, my podcast. So it was, it was his first appearance on Where Did the Road Go? And I saw that it was like a guy who was into local folklore and like legend tripping, and I'm like, you know, I don't need, you know, it's it's like when you, it's like to me to me like the local like small town you know we're doing a ghost we're doing ghost tours in halloween it's it's like yeah. <laughs> being an alcoholic and somebody giving you mouthwash it's like come on like yeah. this is not this is not what i want at all yeah. um you know i mean i'll drink it right because yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's not what i want at all um so i i almost like completely skipped it but i listened to him and he's he's so good at at really getting to the bottom of things in an area and i mean it, it helps that his area is really yeah. really fucking weird Right. Um, because because it, it is. I mean, you can just sort of feel it in that entire area, and the number of stories from the area are just you know manifold. Yeah. But uh, but he really does such a good job of doggedly you know tracking stuff down and um, hmm. and you know the boots on the ground thing. I mean, I think that I mean I know I'm at least a little bit biased, but I, I think do think that Strange Familiars is probably the closest thing to the the, the serial podcast of Paranormal Podcast hmm. with all its on location stuff. It just puts you in the moment. Yeah, um, a little bit better. So yeah, here. Sorry, the Bigfoot power couple. Half of the Bigfoot power couple is <laughs> gushing over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it was it, it was a, it was a, it was it was a match made in heaven, and yeah. it was his idea. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll, I wasn't going to write again for a while, but he he pulled me back out. So right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how it happens. Just weird, like meetings, circumstances. Yeah. Mm. And now I've got like four projects in the pipeline and no yeah. time to do any of them. So right. <laughs> back totally. on back on the wagon, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Have you done much other collaboration? In, in no, this writing? is my this is my this is my first collaboration. And, you know, I, yeah. I kind of had this idea at the beginning that it would be, you know. Lots of times when you read books that are about like two two authors, like the they don't really have any attribution to who did what. And it's all sort right. of passed back and forth. And there was some of that, definitely. Um, but uh but we just ended up just saying, like, just divvying up topics and going chapter by chapter. But again, yeah. like, he would punch up my stuff and I'd punch up his stuff and I'd, you know, hear about something on a podcast and be like, oh, this really, you know, text him that day. Like, you need to go listen to this and you yeah. know, pick this up. <laughs> um, so this is my collaboration uh, with him. 
I'm uh, putting the, the I'm working on the final Passovers, the final edits on a uh, series of essays of uh, fairies on film, hmm. uh, which should be probably released sometime early next year. Awesome. Oh uh, yeah. And but then but you know so I've worked with Tim on these two books and I'm working with these essayists on this other book and I'm uh, talking with my wife and I'm like, I'm going to do a solo one this time. Like <laughs> I just kind of, kind of want to be back on my own schedule and, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, and part of that's my, my own self-conscious, you know, like, cause I, I go back and I like fix things that people have written. I'm like, am I being, a, am I being an asshole or not? I don't know. <laughs> but like, I really want it to be, <laughs> really want it to be worded this way. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got a couple lines in the fire. Um, Staying busy. That's yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. So we have a question from friend of the pod Caroline, and she asked, um, "Is there has there ever been an account of Bigfoot driving a car?" <laughs> I'm not gonna say no. Okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna say no because as soon as I do, we'll find one. Um, <laughs> we didn't run across one, but I'm there's got to be. I just yeah. feel like there's got to be. <laughs> something like that yeah i mean some of my some of my favorite stories in in the in the first book are uh these stories of people who will see like a ufo and it'll have like this transparent canopy and there's like a big foot sitting at the <laughs> sitting at the wheels trying yeah. to drive and he's like all hunched over yeah there are a couple <laughs> stories like that which is what i think of you know bigfoot driving a car but yeah. you know i mean there 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 are signings of bigfoot wearing clothes right so yeah yeah i i i, I have to imagine that somewhere that's happened hmm there was like a lot of wild man sightings with like sort of clothes initially, right? Yeah, part of the problem is that you know the Bigfoot community never really sort of embraced the wild man stories mm. as being a Bigfoot story. Mm-hmm. They, they True, would do yeah. one of a couple of things, like they just look at them and say, "Oh, it's yellow journalism," or they'd say, "You know, um, you know, it was tall tale, or it was about like a hermit or something." And some of the stories are obviously about people who are right hermits and whatnot um but yeah there's a lot of those wild man stories they have you know not only do they have clothes but they'll have some sort of tool or farming implement hmm. and uh it's really interesting tim and i came up with this this point of comparison so you know the ufo c- phenomena obviously recontextualizes itself through history I mean, it's i think it's pretty apparent you have like you know hot air balloons and airships from magonia mm-hmm. and then you know right yeah you know in the medieval times and then Art Deco flying saucers into black triangles into this new trend that we're seeing in the 21st century of these, you know, apparent plasma balls flitting around. And uh, so it's almost on the spectrum of of keeping a pace with mankind just one step ahead. It's going from yeah. unsophisticated to sophisticated. And interestingly, you can kind of map that wild man archetype uh, as, as sort of the inverse. Hmm. You know, back in medieval times, the wild man was sort of like a, an all-knowing almost you know all-knowing magical being that could was articulate and could could you know and then you move into and of course this is all very western european so nobody get offended please but um, yeah because it, this this really doesn't embrace the indigenous side of things but from that western european slash european immigrant standpoint you know, so you have those you know the the wild man the wadwos the green man all those archetypes and then you have this uh you know 18th and 19th century 
uh, wild man that is that is getting hairier, no, not hairier, but he's still covered his hair, but he's like still got some vestiges of, of civilization. He's got you know some clothing on. He's yeah. carrying a pitchfork or, or an old musket or something. And then you know you hit um, the 20th century, and it's all these just giant monkey men. Mm-hmm. So like so, mm-hmm. it's a spectrum from sophisticated to primitive. While you know the UFO phenomena is from mm-hmm. primitive to f- sophisticated. So right, you know I, I don't know if there's really anything to that. And like I said, that really tosses out a ton of uh indigenous testimony from from native americans so that might not be an exact match but i think it's interesting worth pointing it out at least Mm. in terms of like popular consciousness if if nothing else right yeah totally yeah that is that yeah that's always fascinated me i mean and that yeah that inverse thing that's so strange i wonder Hmm. yeah i wonder what's going on there yeah um yeah yeah that's that's just the thing it's like you can we're really good at making observations. It's just trying to figure out what right. the hell they mean is you know, yeah. impossible. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. <laughs> but I mean, the the mystery is what keeps people interested, I guess, right? I mean, yeah, you know, I just I don't. So w- whenever I talk to people, it sounds super judgy, but it's honest. Um, whenever I talk to people, like my litmus test for whether or not there's someone whose ideas I want to be interested in are whether or not they've come to the realization that they're not going to find the answer. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, if, if people are all about finding the answer, I'm like, okay, give yourself some time. We're not ready right. to have conversations yet. And that totally. sounds elitist. I realize that sounds elitist, which was another, you know, common bomb that was lobbed at me on Twitter. But I mean, you know, <laughs> I think that's true um, though. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, there's, there's, there's a level of maturity in, in knowing that you know nothing yeah. right. in, all as, in all aspects of life, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, you know, I don't think it should be any different in, in these topics either. And, right. you know, I, you yeah, know, I don't, I don't yeah. think we'll ever know. And, and having said that, I would love if we would. Like, I would right. love if totally. if something happened tomorrow where Bigfoot was captured and like, oh, my books are absolutely, like, completely irrelevant. Right. That's great. We have yeah. a Bigfoot now. Right. Like, yeah. we, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I just I just don't see that happening. Honestly. Yeah, no, me either. I don't. And yeah, it's kind of like the freshman college like philosophy major effect, where like when you start learning something, you're like, I know this, and then you don't like you know by the time you're out of it, you're like, you're not you don't know anything at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting. I'm sure that there's some sort of psychological term for that, but like right. yeah, yeah, the beginning you 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 know nothing, and you know that you know nothing, and then you think you know everything and then yeah. the bell curve comes back down and right. you know yeah. a lot but you think you know you, you perceive that you know nothing because right because there's so much and you can never contain it all i mean yeah absolutely yeah kind of just seems like the more you look into this stuff the more questions that get raised yeah and you know i think it's i think i think that we kind of bemoan the fact that that's the case but i mean that might be literally the point of this stuff right you know? mm-hmm. yep um I'm getting all sort of airy fairy artsy fartsy, but um, <laughs> but uh, you know what if what if the point of this stuff is is to make us ask questions? Mm-hmm. You know, we never. So it's one of those like the medium is the message kind of concepts, um, right? Where yeah. we're we're so obsessed with finding out what it means that we never question the idea that maybe the fact that we're questioning what it means is what it means. Yeah, it's all about you know inward self exploration. Yeah, I think the internet's an interesting like addition to that formula too where like everything is right available to you like all the time but like so i think it, it kind of speeds up that process of like disillusionment and like whether or not you stick around is how like earnestly interested you are in, in the thing mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm wondering at what point I saw an article talking about this. I'm wondering at what point we recognize the internet as its own organism, right? Its right. Own consciousness, you know. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's something. I mean, I don't think it's conscious, but it, it might be conscious in the way, in like an animistic sense, maybe in the way that like a, a fungus is, sort of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is 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 it greater than the sum of its parts? I think is the real question. Yeah, yeah. But that's a, that, that's a, it's a really good analysis though when you talk about you know these um these uh these fungal networks that are underground that, yeah. that communicate with each other. I think it's a really apt analogy. Yeah. You know, the the actual mushroom itself is simple, but the network itself is, is right. complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and kind of yeah subtle. There's something like about the the weird subtle connections and yeah where consciousness might form down there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like to imagine um, that people encounter certain symbols for and archetypes for a reason, but then there's just some cases that are just so bizarre that it seems just ridiculous, you know. Yeah, like yeah, it's I mean that's one of the things that people wrestle with with the concept of high strangeness is that they're all all obsessed about with what it means, but yeah. I, I think if you for me it becomes very apparent to me after looking at this that all these things, especially the UFO phenomena, but other topics as well, um, are just absolutely enamored with symbolism. Um, they're enamored with with theater. You know, I, I yeah. At one point, uh, you know, at one point, it, amongst certain sections of fairy belief, depending who you talk to, um, Tirnanog and Dreamland were the same place. Mm-hmm. And if if you extend that sort of dream logic to a lot of these encounters, things do tend to make a lot more sense. Um, right. Yeah, especially the nonsensical bits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. But, but yeah. Um. Yeah. And you know, it's it's interesting to me too how. Uh. There's. <laughs> so you, you you don't if you don't pick up the telephone, you're never going to hear the the call right so mm, yeah it's, it's funny to me how many people are convinced that there's nothing strange in the world because they're just waiting for the telephone to answer itself and bring itself over to sure. you you know what yeah, i mean yeah 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 and, and, and the venn diagram of people who you know don't believe in ghosts and have, have never spent and, and have spent the night in a in a haunted house is like two circles beside each other <laughs> like there's very little overlap right like, yeah if people need to be convinced it doesn't it's not that hard it's like it's yeah, like yeah. A gordon white it's like gordon white says like grab yourself a ouija board and spend the night in an abandoned mental asylum and then you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll figure it out pretty you, you can't right. get the toothpaste back in the tube after that yeah yeah, yeah 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 that's great that yeah um, you know just because you're sitting around waiting for it to happen to you in rush hour traffic and mm-hmm. nothing happens mm-hmm. doesn't give you the authority to say that there's nothing beyond our totally. reality. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. That's. And I'm and I'm you know I'm I'm bad about. I'm bad about not engaging with this stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, I sit here doing that exact same thing, right? <laughs> like I'm mm-hmm. waiting for something because for some people it seems just so effortless. You know, I mean, yeah. Soraya Soraya is one of those cats who just like. Mm-hmm he has stuff happen to him like literally when he gets up to get a sandwich from the fridge like mm-hmm. he'll see something or hear something it's right like, yeah. um <laughs> but uh you know once once you start once you start listening you start hearing but you got to you got to start somewhere that's for sure yeah yeah i love that analogy you got to pick up the phone first yeah well it's it's kind of it's kind of a little bit of a little bit of a terrence mckenna 
plagiarism, I think, you know, mm-hmm. he was talking about, he was talking about people who overuse psychedelics and he's like, you hang up the phone. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Once you've gotten the message, you yeah. just hang up the phone. It's yeah. not that hard. People. Yeah. 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 Um, Great. Oh yeah, I don't know. I guess we could hop out there. Yeah, or... we could wrap it up around here. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Right. If, if you are if you are fine with that, sounds sounds it was a great conversation. Yeah, awesome. Thanks yeah. so much for coming I, on. I, I enjoy like yeah. This is this has been a this has been a really fun one because it's just been so absolutely laid back. I got to drop some f bombs. It's yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get to wave yeah. goodbye to Bigfoot for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw a, I just saw Tim Benalla just sent me a story. Um, that rascal Tim Benal just sent me a story about a guy in, I can't remember where it was. Let me look it up real quick. This might be worth, uh, yeah, worth, worth hanging on here for a moment. Um, a gentleman in Preston County, West Virginia, hmm. who was caring for a five-year-old and, uh, they did a drug test and he was just off his face with psychedelics. And, uh, he said that, um, Oh, and meth. Meth was, sorry, not psychedelics. Uh, The witness went on to state that Fulmer told her he was, quote-unquote, tripping out all night and could hear things but didn't know where they were. Fulmer also told her that Bigfoot had waved at them and parades, and and sorry, and bears paraded for the five-year-old boy to keep him calm. Wow. (laughs) But there's, yeah, he he tested positive for amphetamine, methamphetamine, and THC. Um, Sounds like a decent time, minus the babysitting. (laughs) But here's the interesting thing, too, is that um, he and this five-year-old, I don't know what their relationship is, were dropped off on, quote-unquote, Snake Road in Aurora, West Virginia, to go fishing at 10 a.m. And they were told to be back at the road by dark to be picked up. Huh. Um, and the, the child, he, he lost track of the child, and uh, they searched for the, ch- the child until 2 a.m., the next day, but quote unquote, due to condi- the, the search was called off due to conditions being too dangerous. What? Wow. Hmm. So you know what I'm you know what I'm thinking when I read that. I'm like, what is what does that mean? You know, yeah. are we getting a little missing four one one here? I don't know. Right. Right. Oh, that's um, a weird one. Dang. Huh? Is that like re- that's like the past few days? Yeah. Yeah. Very wow. recent. Huh. We got um, breaking news on here now yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I might work that into my um my uh. Strange realities uh, talk that I'm mm. giving here. Um, awesome. Yeah. There's a section, a section of volume two about uh, altered states of consciousness and Bigfoot. So oh, that's great. Yeah. Should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Perfect for our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> well, g- gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, um, of course. And uh, we should do this again. Yeah, yeah definitely. Thank you so much for yeah. coming on. Thank it's been you. Great. Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun, guys. Y'all have a nice night. All right. You All too. Right. We'll talk soon. All right. All right see Sounds you. good. Bye. Well. Well, great interview. We're, we're still here. Yeah, we're still. Yeah. Too bad nobody's ever going to hear that one. What? Put it in the vault. No way. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that was awesome. Yeah, great yeah. interview. Um, uh, do check out all of Josh's books. Yeah. Um, amazing stuff in there. Totally. And he's he's obviously, you know, all over the board on this stuff, which is mm. which is great. He's not just refined to writing a Bigfoot book or right. a book about ufology. It's He's really just digging into the the high strangeness yeah. of of it all. Yeah, and I think he's a an honest, uh, in, interested person, and like, yep. there's not yeah not much dogma in his thing. I mean, and the fairy approach to it is super interesting, and I, I yeah, I personally love that whole the fairy world stuff. So. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, you're going to find a lot of um, of the fairy lore stuff, which is a, definitely a, a specialty and interest of his. Yeah, and we we certainly love that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, I love I love uh, you know just his um, perspective on it, staying agnostic. You know. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, you kind of have to. Yeah, keep it keep it cool or yeah. <laughs> keep yourself on ice. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's going to be it for us. Um, right. We'll be back soon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Watch Get out us. for uh, watch out for the Bigfoot out there. Yeah, stay away from uh, <laughs> that, that little pocket of West Virginia for now, I suppose. Yeah. yeah really. These things don't usually double back though. Yeah. Who's, who knows? Unless it's the next Skinwalker Ranch. Bigfoot yeah. podcast over. No, I'm sorry. Sorry to paraphrase Tom DeLong. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Sick. Well, that's good news. Thank you.